Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Decided Heart Conversations. We are at number 29 today, and we are so excited to have Julia Toothacre join us. She is a career specialist, strategist, and the owner of Ride the Tide Collective. I love that name, Collective. It's like, where do I join? Where do I jump on? (laughs) You're also an author of, I don't know what I want to do with my life. And I looked that up. It's a career guide on how to get jump started if we're feeling a little bit of an itch in where we are professionally. Mm-hmm. So welcome aboard, Julia. Please help us in terms of what building clarity. Um, what what is the action plan um, of next steps? And I just want to do an introduction because you help professionals who might be feeling like uh, need a little bit of a shift. Um, maybe we're at crossroads in our life. Maybe a trigger has happened. Um, or we are suddenly not happy. Perhaps there's a toxic thing going on in our environment that we're just not happy with. Do we stay there or do we change? So, I mean, I'd love for you to tell us like, how did you get involved with or find Ride the Tide? Um, And then what are these triggers happening in our lives? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I love doing conversations and talks like this and sharing this type of information. So a little bit of background for me, I actually come out of higher education. I worked there for about eight years in career development. So I have worked with everybody from freshmen in college to PhD students to alumni and encore careers to your everyday professional alumni and all everything in between. Um, So I have a broad spectrum of knowledge from my eight years working in higher ed. And I actually had my own crossroads in my life where I had three major life events happen in a very short amount of time that shifted my career trajectory. So my father passed away in fall of 2016. I had my son in fall of 2017 and my mom passed away in winter of 2018. And I'm an only child. So I lost like the two pillars of my life and then brought a life into the world. (laughs) And it just completely rocked everything that was going on. And at that time, I never thought that I would pivot into owning my own business. Um, I loved working with college students. I loved working full time and having a nine to five job. I liked the security of that. But when those events happened, it really changed my perspective of what was important to me at that time in my life. And we had an opportunity for me to be able to actually quit my nine to five and start this business. And I chose Ride the Tide Collective for a couple of reasons. One, I'm originally from Southern California, born and raised there. And so my heart is there, (laughs) even though I don't live there anymore. um, That's just a huge part of who I am. So I knew I wanted something with the beach and this idea of riding the tide of your career, of life, all of that. It just felt really good to me. And so that was the name that I ended up landing with. And I actually chose collective because in the future, I hope that this is more than career coaching and career strategy. I want to bring in other components to help people more holistically. So I was really trying to look to the future of what I wanted my my company to be um, when I started it. So here we are now. I have my company. I've been doing this for about 
a year, year and a half or so, and I'm absolutely loving it. I love helping people figure out what the heck am I doing with my life? <laughs> and hence the name of the ebook, because that was the question that I saw coming up so often from friends, family, um, in forums, in groups, just talking with people. That was the big question. What the heck am I doing with my life? So I wanted to create a resource to give people a really easy starting point, especially if you know you can't afford to hire a career coach right now. That resource is really going to get you started. And for most people, that's the jumpstart that you need to start figuring it out on your own. Totally. I think uh, Hillary and I, you know, there's a lot in common in terms of where we are today in, in our roles. And there are these triggers in our life where we made these shifts. And, and for the most part, Hillary, if you agree, it's personal. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't just climbing up the ladder and getting to the next goal and the next step. It was more of for whether good or bad, a rug has been taken out right. and it's how we respond. And I would love to understand more about um, what are those triggers that kind of have us question our professional lives and perhaps our purpose? Yeah, yeah I, just to jump in really quick too, as you're doing that, I wrote down, I always am taking, if you ever hear me, I'm, I'm like scribbling notes as we're <laughs> like, you, you can't take the English teacher out of the, it doesn't matter. I haven't done it for 20 years. Um, I was looking at or thinking through as you were talking and what happened with you that boom, 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 those things so powerful. And I'm so sorry for your losses. Oh, thank you. But there is a, a, a book, Life is in the Transitions, which is one of my favorite books right now by Bruce Feiler. Have you read it? I feel like it's on my bookcase. Yes. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, you have to, because you, what you're describing is this life quake. And the life quake, you know, like we have disruptors and those are our little things, right? And then we have our life quake and that's a pile up usually. And it changes our identity afterwards. And I feel like that is not only did you experience your own, but to Sonia's question, that's really what we're talking about. Like there are disruptors that happen, but what is the disruptor or the thing that you see that then creates the quake that changes the identity? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And e even as you're saying that I'm thinking through my experience and I'm like, well, I went from not being a mother to being a mother, which was absolutely terrifying for somebody like me and just how I view children and babies and all of that. And then I went from being a daughter to not, I, I mean, I still am, but you know, I, I basically like grew up almost instantaneously because the, the parental figures weren't there anymore. But even in the middle of that, I also had to be a caregiver because my mom basically went bananas without my dad. Mm -hmm. And so you have all of these things competing for your attention. Plus I'm still a professional. Plus I'm a very high achieving professional. So I'm somebody that prides themselves on being at work early and staying at work late and giving, you know, 110% all the time. And I couldn't do that in that season. Like I just didn't have it in me. And it, it absolutely rocked what I thought I wanted out of my professional life for that reason. Because when I look back on that, that, completely shifted. And I don't want to say completely shifted because I'm, I still am who I am. My personality is still intact, but I, I just had such an inner turmoil of who am I now? 
am I still this person or am I somebody different because I now have to take on this role? And I think the last, like I took about six months off before I started my company really. And that period of time, and then I would say the first six months of starting my company, it was less about the company and it was more about who am I now and who do I want to be? What type of career coach do I want to be? What type of business owner do I want to be? And the process of shedding who I was as a corporate professional, that I still struggle with that now. And it's been almost two years. You know, and and it's absolutely crazy. And I don't think that people think about that enough when they're going through life and we have those triggers. So think about when you get married, when you have a child, when you have another child or another child or a parent dies or a grandparent dies or a spouse or something like that. I think we are almost taught or expected to just suck it up and move on instead of sitting in it and going, this is really hard. And this has now changed how I view life and what I think is important. And I think the career aspect gets left out a lot because people see the career as just this thing over here that I do instead of really thinking about who am I now? What do I really care about in my life? And how do I have a career that allows me to live into who I am and who I want to be, and then allows me to live the life that I now want, especially when we, when we have children or, you know, somebody passes on that really tends to change um, our perspective. Yeah. And then just to expand on that too, because sometimes the, like, you know, quakes don't necessarily happen to us. And, you know, for our listeners who are saying, well, that's not me. So I'm okay. But it is the buildup of these little, what did you, sh- before the quakes, Hillary, it was um, disruptors, disruptors, like multiple. And I, and I think about those are saying, no, everything, my life is great. I mean, I'm blessed. Everything's, everyone's healthy. Everything's okay. But then these disruptors start to happen. And I think about toxic, toxic, toxic environment um, that, or any other, it may not be toxic, but something that's happening that we are, we're um, sucking it up. We're managing through it. And then all of a sudden we realize, I think there's a quake. I don't know, you know, like it's become that. So it, it really doesn't all have to be personal as well. Right. 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 Yeah. So I, I actually have been in multiple toxic environments in my career. And so this is another area that as a career coach and a career strategist, I really latch on to people who are going through this and what it can look like is you're going along in your position and you're doing well and you're doing fine and something happens, you know, it could be your manager's not that great, right? Or you just don't jive with your manager or the work isn't what you thought it was going to be, or there's something in the company culture that doesn't feel right to you, or you have coworkers that maybe you don't gel with or clients that really aren't that great, you know, and you start to deal with it and suck it up because you've been told, well, that's, you know, that's the way it is. That's the way this industry is. That's the way that person is. So you just deal with it. And the reality is depending on your personality, depending on who you are, you're going to internalize that different. And for a lot of people, it'll start to eat away and chip away until one day you just have had enough 
and you lose it. And a lot of times what ends up happening is people will quit immediately. And the problem with that is you don't have something set up and ready to go. And so one of the things that I like to work with clients on is what is your current reality? What is your realistic reality in your position? Do you have an issue with somebody and is it a legitimate issue? You know, what are, what are those stressors that you have most immediately and let's deal with that and make sure that it's a legitimate stressor or it's not something that's going to blow up later because if you can manage well in the position that you're in and you can do some of the work to help you transition to the next thing whether it's with that company or with another company then that's going to help you that's going that's a better process than i'm done i quit i'm out and now you don't have a job plus you're stressed out plus you got to pay your bills And now what do you do? And you come to someone like me and I'm like, well, you need to get a job. So just get a job. It's not about transformation at that point. It's about survival. And those processes are completely different in the career world. It's, it's, as you're saying that, you know, of course the Maslow hierarchy appears in my head, right? That's absolutely your, your base needs are taken care of. So you can get up to that higher self-actualization. And we sometimes it's like, we get nervous doing things out of order right? Like, well, no, it's all supposed to be just, no, we can just take baby steps and then we take our next turn or whatever that looks like. And one of the things, I mean, I can imagine as I'm listening to you, I I can imagine that people come to you and they're stressed. And in fact, I've talked to, I mean, all three of us do some sort of coaching, right? We, in some aspect. And so a lot of my clients will come to me and they are so anxious because they have lost their confidence due to a toxic environment, right? They no longer believe in who they are. So I would imagine, you know, where do you start with someone who comes to you? What do you say to them? So one of the first things that I will do with clients who present that way is I will have them give me like a brief history of what they're doing right now, what they've done. And I make it a point to pull out accomplishments that they've had and successes that they've had. Because what I find is people are doing great work pretty much all the time, but because they're not getting positive reinforcement around them, they, in the back of their minds and people who deal with anxiety deal with this a lot. It's this constant idea of, well, it's not enough. It's not enough. I have to keep doing this. I have to keep doing that. Well, I did this, but I didn't do that. Or I didn't do it this way, or this could have been better. And let me tell you, I was a poster child for that and still am in some some cases. And what you have to realize is you are successful. You have been successful and people who have jobs I'm like, you got hired. You got hired. That means you're doing something right if you still have a job. Now, if you got fired and it's because of your behavior, that's a different situation. But even with COVID, I think what you're seeing is people going, I never thought that my company would let me go. Well, just because your company let you go because of COVID does not mean that you were doing a bad job. And I think that's the other piece right now that's a little bit more unique than other times. A lot of companies are laying people off because they have to, to survive. It has nothing to do with your performance, right? But are you set up well, if something like that happens, do you have the network? Do you have 
you know, all the people around you that can help you get that next position if that does happen. Awesome. So the first thing is just to know and to um, highlight that we are successful. We have been successful and you, we can either rely on someone like you, Julia, or just look at our own past and just pick out the things Absolutely. like, that was pretty awesome. That was actually an amazing achievement. Yes. And, really on those. and then you have some other tips for us too, right? On how yes. To- <laughs> yes. And one, so one of the exercises that I share all the time through my social media and, and different resources that I have is I want you to think about three skills or qualities that make you, you, that make you unique. So these are things that you really enjoy doing and they do not have to be central to your job. So just because you have a skill that you're really good at at your job does not mean that you like doing it. (laughs) So this is something that you really enjoy. You really like doing And I want you to identify that and then also give one or two examples of how that's played out at some point in your career or life. And that can be paid work. It can be volunteer work. It can be groups that you're a part of, but we want to see how this skill or quality is playing out in your life. Because once you have those three things that you are really confident about, that's what you go back to. So when you feel lost, when you feel like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I'm good at. This person keeps telling me I'm not doing enough, whatever it is, you go back to those three things and you go, no, these are the three things that make me who I am. This is why I'm a good employee. These are the things. And so that content, that information then will start to seep out into other parts of your career. So we'll make sure that they're in your resume. We'll make sure that they're central on your LinkedIn, if that's an appropriate uh, place for you to be marketing yourself. We'll find jobs that have those three skills in them. That's what we want to be doing. And that helps build that confidence up as well. Mm. I love that because I actually need that part. So one part, the first part is, okay, the mindset shift. Mm-hmm. And positively, like, and, but to me, that's not enough. Like I need evidence. Evidence is yes. so actually it's important in the work that I do as well. <laughs> so I, in college admissions, it's like, I know that you feel these things, but other people need evidence. And I too, to, to um, enhance my confidence, it's what are the tangible things that I can really grasp and articulate and see as, as um, things that support my, my values and my traits. So I also love this, and this is huge with Hillary and I, you have something called values, the deal breaker values. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. This is another area that I I feel like the average person knows just as part of who they are, but they don't actually take the time to sit down and figure out these are the values that I have. So in the ebook, I actually have an exercise where I have you go through and I have a huge list of values that you can choose from to build out a list for yourself. And what I'm really looking for in that is what are the top two to three values that you hold that are deal breakers, that you cannot have a position that goes against those values. Because what that does is it gives us a lens as we're looking at your career, as we're looking at your 
advancement trajectory and where you want to go, it helps us say yes or no to opportunities, to companies, to managers, to policies, all of that, so that you know this is going to be a good fit and this isn't. And it makes the decision-making process so much easier going forward. Well, and I, I, what I love about that, because that's a, that's something that I actually do is, yeah, Sonia's like, yes. I was like, are you going to say, because I'm going to say it, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like my love language, because, you know, we do that, and it's every aspect of your life, right? Not just your work, but are those values happening in your relationships? Do they support that? Is it happening out in, you know, so all the, you look at the full picture, but specifically listening to what you say, I think what's important is it's not even just about okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in my job. I don't think I'm, I'm happy, I'm, but there's something I'm a little unsettled, but I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is I've had so many people, they go through like what you're talking about, they go through it and they're like, oh my gosh, it's because integrity is so important to me. And I realized I was looking around me and this doesn't feel like integrity. That's why I'm not happy. And these light bulbs go on like, oh, it's forcing me to be someone I'm not. And so it becomes this lens or a litmus test of, uh, of what is right and what is, what is your yes, what is your no, what's your guardrail, your non-negotiable boundary. And so I right. love that you're doing that work because you are absolutely right. There is nothing, not to downplay what any of us do, but it is to some degree, it's common sense and we already know it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is we don't take the time to connect it to use the words that help us to articulate it and then to connect it with the rest of our lives. So we're living it right. That's where the disconnect happens. I'm just having this epiphany moment too, because I can say all of those things. One of my, my virtues values that I'm working on is a I have always worked on is an assertiveness. I am a servant leader and I, my assertiveness has always been like, I have to dig deep for it. And I think in the context of, of the professional scene, actually at any scene, any, any aspects of my life is being assertive to those values. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I read your two words, deal breaker, deal breaker values, it's like, oh, right. So you do have to, like, for me, I need to work on my assertiveness to say, these are my, my values. And in my workplace or my relationships, I will have, I, I stand a hundred percent to that and I need to be ready is that the right word to say no yeah and that there's the assertiveness yes. I'm actually a little uncomfortable like oh I have to say no <laughs> yeah yes, oh, watch. yes. <laughs> that's exactly it and I should add to when we go through some of those um the earthquake moment earthquake is that what they life were quake, life quake life quake moments yeah. that can change our values And so I think that's the other thing that people forget is our values are living and breathing and they will change depending on the season of life that we are in. And so it might look different again, when you have a child, when you lose a loved one, if you're in a toxic environment, you know, your value might be, I just want somebody to be nice to me today. (laughs) And that's very different, you know, than something else. And I think that's, what happens with people in those moments, they don't take time to realize how their values have shifted. And then all of a sudden 
they're not happy in a position and they're trying to figure out what is going on. Why is this so hard now? And that's what happened to me. My values completely shifted in a way that I never thought would happen. And I had to figure out what to do to honor that moving forward within my life and my career. Yeah. Awesome. It's amazing. And, and I think what's important, I think part of what happens to people is they feel again, that anxiety, even in, okay, now I know, but how do I execute on that? And I think people forget to build a team around them. Yes. Like, and a team doesn't, a team is one of us or you in particular, or, Mm -hmm. you know, sure you can hire a coach, but it goes beyond that. And that's something that I think you like to talk to your clients about as well. What does your team look like? Exactly. And I feel like this is one of those things that you hear every career coach say, you need to network with people. You need to talk to people and we become a broken record about it. But the reality is the people who excel quickly in their careers, if that's what they want, part of the reason that they do that is because they are very good at telling other people about why they're amazing. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a place where you're stagnant, you're stuck, you're not quite sure what's going on, chances are you're not communicating with enough people about who you are and what you want. And maybe you have to figure that out first. I mean, that's a step to all of this as well, right? You have to figure out what you want, but you still need to be able to share about who you are and what you're good at your, you know, your three skills or qualities. You need to find people within your circle or even people outside of your circle that you can talk to and communicate with regularly. So what I usually tell clients is you want to have a list of anywhere from three to five professionals. And these are not don't really make it like your friends or something like that. Like you want to kind of stretch yourself out a little bit. They can be in your industry. They could be in your company, but you want to stretch yourself out and find new people because they have a new network of people that you can tap into. So you want to find those three to five people and you want to be catching up with them pretty regularly. And by regularly, probably about once a quarter, at least, which sounds like a lot, but you're building a relationship with somebody. So jumping on Zoom now, normally I would say go have coffee, but you're jumping on Zoom with them four times a year, once a quarter. So it's really not, (laughs) it's not that much. And what it does is it keeps your name out there with people who have connections or potential opportunities. And that's not always what you're going for. You want to build a genuine relationship with these people. So they want, you want them to be somewhere within your industry or your functional area so that there can be some mutualness there, but you want to be regularly reaching out. And I think what happens is people reach out once and they have a really great conversation And then it's nothing until they're ready for a new position. And then they reach out to that person again, but that's not building a relationship that's using somebody. And Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that you're consistently building relationships with people who can help you. I want to piggyback on that. It's so funny that you should say this. This is something what you're talking about right now that I'm really working on and seeing a huge momentum change in my own business because of it. But here's the root that is so interesting. And I don't know if there's a book called How Women Rise. 
Mm. And have you, it's it, so there's, there's, yeah. yes. Okay. So it's the 12 habits that women in particular have that come from a good place. We don't want to use other people. So we don't leverage relationships, but the problem is, is that also assumes that we have nothing to offer. So that is such, that's how sad is that? How little confidence do we have that we don't actually see, Hey, I'm going to explore this relationship. This is going to be mutually beneficial and that's okay. I'm going to trust that even if it's not apparent right now, if we build this relationship, I will have your back later. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's how, that's how Hillary and I were born. I think it was through a, a networking business course, you know, and I honestly, I was just like, oh, do I have to network again? You know, this is right. I like that. <laughs> like, oh, and socializing and oh my gosh. And um, because of, you know, just being accountable to myself, like this is important. Um, I mean, look at <laughs> Hillary and I, the great thing about it is yes, we became really great friends, but we, our business and us seeing ourselves as business leaders in our industries, like that is what we are accountable to each other for. And so having that person who's now, you know, a friend, it's, it has, I felt the elevation of it and the momentum, like just picking up. Right. So, and then we tell young people, even though they're not, they're a little bit on the shy side, like that is, that is the platform. It's not a piece of paper that says I'm certified in something that gets you the job. It's the relationship that you invested in during, during those years, you know? Yes. And I will tell you, I'm an introvert. So even, Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I know people say that to me. They're like, no, you're not an introvert. I'm like, that's like extrovert energy. Well, I, well, I can turn it on. I've been doing this for so long. (laughs) You're like, I I can turn it on. But after this, I'm like going to go take a nap or have some coffee or something. (laughs) Because it, it does drain my energy, right? It's all about energy and it does drain my energy, but I love it so much. And I love sharing with people, which is what, that's what fuels me to be able to do it. But even as I give this advice to people of you need to reach out, you need to do these things. When I sit down to go through my sales process in the morning, it's like, it's a buildup of, okay, it's okay. You can do it. You can make the call. You can send the email. You can send, you know, that putting yourself out there, regardless of your personality, it's scary because the fear of rejection is so high. But once you start to change your mindset around it and go, if this works out great, if it doesn't, there's like 7 billion other people in the world that I can (laughs) reach out to that could potentially help me. So there are so many other people and options. And I think we get it in our head that this is the person and I have to have this person. If I can't have this person, then I have failed. No, there's going to be somebody else. You just keep trying till you build that group of people that really supports you and that you jive with as well. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, we are so appreciative that you have totally showed up for us today. (laughs) And you have a freebie to give to our listeners and viewers, right? What is that? Yes. Yes. So I actually just launched this week, um, the career hack masterclass, and this is a five-step process. It's a video series and it is me basically teaching and talking to you the same way that I would a client and it gives you really tangible advice. So one of the things that I say, I don't go out there and give people fluff. I do not like fluff. I don't like talking around things. 
I get straight to the point. So every video has actionable content that you can pull from it. So I highly, highly recommend your listeners check that out. It's a really great step too. If you're just unsure of what's going on in your career, start with this masterclass. It will definitely give you a little bit of a jump start. That's so fantastic. And we're going to have the link um, to that freebie on all our sites. And then where can we find you in general? Yeah. So my website is ridethetidecollective.com. So all of my resources, my podcast is on there. Um, the masterclass is on there. And then I'm Ride the Tide Collective on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll have all of that in there as well. But I have enjoyed this conversation so much. We love the synergy that happens when, when we feel the passion from somebody else that is out there trying to lift people up, trying to help them find that clarity and that purpose. And Sonia, dare I say a little ikigai mixed in with this? Oh, right. Little ikigai mixed in. I feel it. Uh, But really, again, to wrap everything up, what I hear you saying is number one, folks, you already have everything you need to be successful. Let's start there. Number two, make sure you know what is valuable to you and what your true virtues and values are. And also which ones are your non-negotiables? Those boundaries that are like, that's it. Those are my deal breakers. And then the last thing really do challenge yourself right now, right now, (laughs) y'all write down a list, brainstorm. Who is it that's going to hold you accountable? Who's going to lift you up? Who's going to help you move forward that is in your career space that you can check in with and start setting up a COVID coffee or a happy hour so that you can start building that relationship. Did I, did I get all our, all our good points? And then get a hold of Julia. Yes. <laughs> get a hold of Julia. Yeah. Yes, yes. And in yeah. that masterclass there, if you get through it, there's actually an opportunity to schedule time with me for free. So it's definitely oh worth gosh. checking out. When you get through it. When, when you get through when it. You yes. Thank it. you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And then just so, to end with the with an image, because ride the tide to me is just I feel it now because transitions in our life should be a smooth, rolling kind of tied, right? It's not steps. It shouldn't, it doesn't feel good to go with jagged steps. And yeah, I'm ready to jump on the collective. Yes. 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 So Julia, thank you so much. And decide heart viewers and listeners, we hope that you learned as much as we did. And ho- hopefully you'll join us next time because we are going to have amazing guest speakers um, coming up soon. So you guys have a great day.